Good evening. And welcome to Dan Bain's Sleepy Time Mumbles, a podcast you can miss. I am Dan Bain. And every episode, I improvise a low stakes podcast for you to fall asleep to. I recently received a piece of email correspondence from Melissa. Melissa was responding to a short article that I had written in my monthly newsletter. A newsletter that you too could subscribe to. There's a link. Melissa writes, I love the recent omnibus episode of Sleepy Time Mumbles. Another extended episode could be office-focused, retirement speech, middle management simulator. Thank you so much. You help me be much more well-rested and high-functioning. Sent from a tiny keyboard, please excuse my typos and brevity. Well, thank you for your email, Melissa. And I'm glad that the idea of the omnibus episode has resonated with you. I like the idea of an office suite. And I think I will probably put one of those together at some point. I have a couple of things coming up that I think might belong in that. So I'll hold off for the moment. But only for the moment. This episode is things about people you don't know. That is the theme, and it comprises four episodes previously released on Sleepy Time Mumbles, with no interruptions, just straight through. We'll be listening to Gossip About People You Don't Know Part 1. Gossip About People You Don't Know, Part 2. A Toast to the Bride and Groom. And On the Occasion of Your Retirement. That's nearly... We're nearly getting to two hours of mumble content here. I can't believe I've spent so much of, I 
I can't believe I've spent so much of my life literally being as dull as possible. Not dull. Anyone can be dull. You have to want to listen to it for a bit. Real middle of the road, that's what I've aimed for. Interesting enough. If you'd like to support me in this nonsense, please feel free to share the podcast with anyone you know who likes to sleep. You could also buy me a coffee, keep me awake, so I can keep you asleep. That's a catchy phrase, I'm going to use it more often. You can follow me on the social media of your choice, if it's one that I use. Links to all that, also in the the clickable boxes. And as always, please rate and review wherever you found this show. It's very helpful. I appreciate it. And if you'd like to get in touch with me like Melissa did, why not do it via a five-star review? Well, I guess you could subscribe to the newsletter and email me. That's fine too. But if you're going to do one of them, may as well do both, right? But that can wait. For now, put down your phone, turn off your screens, or close your eyes. Now it's time to be mumbled to sleep. Oh my God, did you hear about Steve? You know how he got in that accident when that person banged in to the rear of his car. I heard that his car didn't have a current warrant of fitness and his insurance refused to cover it. But then he went home to Briar and told her that it did. So now he has to pay for the repair in secret.
you can't make enough money by doing overtime at the source factory. So he's taken to gambling. He plays the slot machines. He reckons he's got a system. He reckons he's worked out the algorithm. He reckons he knows one secret that casino operators hate but can do nothing about. But he hasn't made the money yet. So maybe that's not true. Everyone thinks that if Briar finds out, she's going to leave him. Because he's done this kind of thing before, where he tries to solve a problem before anyone finds out about it. But instead, makes it worse. In trying to not get in trouble for failing to get his car warranted, he's going to make it even worse and get in more trouble when the truth is uncovered. I know, I can't believe it either. Did you hear about Joanne? Oh my god. I heard that she was at the supermarket and she filled her trolley up with salty snacks and sugary beverages and then when Simone saw her at the checkout, she pretended it wasn't her trolley, and she just walked away from it and left it there and said she'd just come to the supermarket to buy some vitamin water. When in actual fact, she'd come to buy snacks. 
Oh no, don't get me wrong, I'm not gossiping about her love of snacks, that's fine, you're allowed to love a snack, and you're allowed to love as many snacks as you like, you're an adult, and so is she. Eat as much or as little as you like, as healthily or unhealthily as you please. We only get one life. You do you. Boo. What I think is gossip worthy though, is the deceit and the hypocrisy. Also, some poor supermarket star member, staff member, member of the supermarket staff, an employee, probably a junior employee will have to restock the shelves and let me tell you they'll be spending a lot of time in the confectionery aisle because there was a lot of a lot of confectionery inside that abandoned supermarket trolley. It's a trolley because it happened in New Zealand. If this happened in America, it would be a shopping cart. Michael keeps saying that he didn't see Susan when they were at the party and that's why he didn't talk to her. He says the party was very busy. It was popping, he says. It was going off, he says. There was a ruckus in process, he says. And it's not his fault that he didn't see Susan. But Susan says that party was not very good and was underattended. So the chances of someone not seeing 
someone else who was there. A very unlikely. She thinks he's deliberately not talking to her. But Jody thinks that that's fair enough. Because after all, they did just break up. And maybe he just wants to get on with it. And not spend his time living in the past. But Susan will hear none of that. How hard, she says, is it to just be polite? I'm not asking for him to hang out all night. I'm just saying we spent two years together. Maybe he could take two seconds to acknowledge that I exist. Oh my god, did you hear that at that same party, Jasmine swallowed Renee's earring. That's right, by accident, not deliberately. I don't want to start a rumor that she's an earring eater. What happened was Jasmine was nibbling in a suggestive way around her earlobe and then somehow swallowed her earring. Oh, there was quite the fuss you might well say there was a to-do about it. I think she's written it off though and isn't expecting a recovery effort to be made. I guess they were just cheap earrings, but imagine if they weren't Or if they held 
some sort of emotional significance. Interesting fact. Amanda. No. Not short blonde Amanda. The other Amanda. You know. Yeah. With the nose piercing. That. Oh, I think it suits her, to be honest. Anyway. Did you know? That she. Has not passed. Any of her exams. None of them. I mean, why. Would you think that is? It's easy to go, oh, she probably didn't go to the classes. Or maybe something was going on in her life that distracted her, maybe some large life-changing event occurred and instead of applying for compassionate consideration or some other dispensation, she just decided to muscle up and push on through. Maybe the financial pressure of having to work a part-time job was too exhausting and she was unable to put in the time required or maybe her lectures were scheduled for the same time that she was rusted on to be a short order fry cook at a local Mexican restaurant. You might think these are all good reasons. But here's the fact. She attended all her classes and does not have a part-time job or a trauma. Her parents are really rich and she is happy. It turns out 
she's just stupid. And the work, the work is too hard. She just got things wrong. I, now that I say it out loud, I feel kind of bad for her. But then again, she is always huffing paint. So, maybe it is her fault. I understand that has a deleterious effect on intelligence. Everyone's been saying that Alistair only got that part in the play because the director thinks he's cute. But I heard that it's not as simple as that. I heard it's because the director had a dream. And in the dream, Alistair wasn't in the role. And the theatre burned down. And he had this dream every night for six nights. And on the final night, the seventh night, the dream he had featured Alistair in the main role. And in that dream, the theatre did not burn down. But here's the thing that gives me the chills. Up to that point, I heard the director had never met Alistair. Doesn't that just make your hair stand on end. Oh my goodness. Imagine being that director and the guy from your dream walks into the audition room. I mean... What if they were bad? 
surely you still have to give them the part. Otherwise, you might be responsible for the entire theatre burning down. But it's a conundrum. How do I know this story? Because I am that director. What have I been up to? Oh, nothing much. I've just been living my life vicariously, finding out the details, both sordid and delightful of other people's lives and living my own life vicariously through them. Did you hear about Caroline? I heard that she was driving her car down the road and her dress was stuck in the um, in the car door it was hanging out was hanging out the door while she was driving down the road It was raining, it was raining quite heavily and she drove, she drove through a puddle, uh, I guess a muddy puddle and she, she got to work and she got out and she didn't realise that this big chunk of her dress was was just sodden and just absolutely muddy and soaked and ruined and and she had to go into work and have that all day long and you know what her job is that's right, she's a pilot. And so it was very uncomfortable. Because it was her uniform dress that they wear, the lady pilots. And very embarrassing. 
because then she arrived in Dubai and she still had a muddy dress. Oh, there were some, there were some looks at customs, I'll bet. I don't know if you've heard this one, but did you know that Sharon has no little toe? Did you know that? She doesn't have a little toe on her left foot. There's no little toe there. I saw one time when she was wearing flip-flops. No little toe. And I don't want to bring it up. case it was traumatic or whatever but I was very puzzled and very curious I kept trying to steal little glimpses of it so I could see if maybe there were clues nearby you know, clues as to what might have happened. If there's kind of... I don't know... bite marks... or something... like where... like where maybe an... an eel... or some such got a hold of it I mean but I don't want to ask in case she wasn't born with it or in case it was a really bad story I wouldn't have been able to deal with it if I'd asked her about her toe and then She'd started crying. Nope. I would not have been into that at all. Did you hear about Kevin? Did you hear what he did? Down at the river, the day of the river. So he was down there and he's got this boat. Right, he's just bought this boat. It's not a... It's not a, not a big boat, but, you know, it's a, a boat, it's got a, like, it's got a motor, it's got a little canopy at the front, it's not a, I wouldn't take it on the ocean, but, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a boat, so he's boating about, I think he's just, oh, no, 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 I wasn't there, but I heard it from, um, uh, Terence, Terence told me about Keith. Anyway, so he's in the he's in the boat, and um, 
his his partner, uh, what's her name? You, you know the uh, with the with the short hair. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Tam Tabitha. Tabitha. Sounds unlikely. Quote. Is that her name? Right, everyone calls her Tabby, of course. Right. I thought it was... Okay. Anyway, she's there. She's in the river. Um, in... One of those, uh... You know, those inflatable... Kind of... Unicorn kind of seahorse... Kind of things. You know, they're quite big and they've got a... Got a heedle. You've you've seen you've seen them before. Right. She's in that floating around. No, oh, <laughs> no, no. This isn't horrific. Like he doesn't hit her with the boat or something. But he's um. You know how you uh, you know when you want to attract uh, fish, you you chum the water. Yes, you know what you know what chum is. No, not the not the dog food. Um, it's like fish scraps. It's like um, you know guts and and blood and, and bones and, and stuff like that. Yeah, he tipped the chum over the edge and landed right on her belly, right on her. Right in her belly, which was, yeah, well, she, you know, just in a swimsuit, wasn't she? So just fish, um, yeah, just fish, fish guts. Yeah, she was pretty mad, pretty mad, and everyone thought it was really funny, as you do. I mean, it's one of those things that. If it happened to you, you definitely wouldn't see the funny side of it. But if it doesn't happen to you, pretty easy to see the funny side of it. I mean, it's not like it went on her face, or maybe a little bit, but... I mean, I guess, yeah. She could have just gotten in the river. I don't know why she got so angry. Because, boy, did she get angry. Hear what, um... Hear what, um, Simon's about to? You didn't? Huh. So he's, um... He's trading, uh... What are they? You know, um... He's on bitcoins now. Yeah, he's big... Big Bitcoin trader, yeah. Probably, um, probably on the the non fungible tokens as well. You know, what NFTs? Well, I don't know how they work. It sounds like nonsense to me. It all all sounds like. I mean, money's already kind of a um, kind of an invisible concept, right? Like invisible money. This idea of making money with money, but money that doesn't really exist.
exist and money that was never actually exchanged for anything, you know, not for goods or service or time or labor, but rather just exchanged for other monies. I don't know, that always seems imaginary to me, a bit kind of uh, intangible and, and I suppose that the world of the the Bitcoin, uh, another step of, of kind of intangible away from that and then the, the NFT, yet another step away from kind of a tangible reality and into this world of imaginary currency. Um, yeah, so he's broke. He's broke now. He has no liquid money. I mean, theoretically, he's now a multi-millionaire. Um, but he, he, yeah, yeah, he makes, he's made more than in the last three months than I've made in my entire life. But, um, we can't spend any of it. So, I don't know how useful. I had to buy him a, I had to buy him a drink when we were at the pub. Otherwise he'd have just sat there. Multi-millionaire. I gotta buy him a, I gotta buy him a pint. Obviously, uh, Jamie left him, took the kids as well. Very hard to feed children on uh, invisible money. Mm. Oh, she's pregnant again. By the way, now, who do you think I mean? Of course, I mean Roberta. She loves to get pregnant. Like, how long have you known her? Have you ever known her not to be either immediately either giving birth to a baby, having just given birth to a baby, or being pregnant? It's extraordinary. She may well be the most fertile person I've ever met. And no regrets. Extraordinary. I like what um, I like what uh, I like what Jess did with her hair. Do you like it? I quite like it. I mean, I can see how it's not for everyone. And I can see why Seth hates it. But, um, I don't know. It's her hair, I guess. He's just got to, I mean, he has to live with it, right? <laughs> I guess it's probably not that, uh, not that great for him when, it's, you know, bring your partner along to the, uh, 
stockholders meeting at the bank or whatever. But, um, yeah, who cares? I think it looks good. I think it looks good and it, at least you can say it's not boring. You, whether you, whether you like it or not. Because you can like it and not want it. You know what I mean? You can be like, I like that. I wouldn't. It, it's not for me. I think it suits her face. You know, and kind of a, a little style that she's got going on. But yeah, he he can't he cannot stand it. He's always around complaining about it. I'm like, why, why are you telling me this? Tell, tell her. Just communicate about it. And he's like, oh, she'll be angry. I'm like, will she be angry? Or will she just be like, I didn't realize it affected you that much. I don't know. I don't know her that well, but she seems like a reasonable person. I think you should maybe stop uh, you know, moaning to me. Maybe, um, you know, just be like an adult. Just be an adult about it. If it's affecting your business, I don't think it's affecting his business. I think he just doesn't like it. I think it's that. Um, you know, it makes her look a bit edgy and it makes him, by comparison, look even more like someone who works in a bank, which to be true is what he does. He, he's a person who works in a bank. You can't escape that, but I guess <laughs> by comparison, she makes him look even more like someone that works in a bank. I mean, if that's not what you want to look like, or how you want to be perceived, why would you work in a bank? It's not like they're short on cash. She can afford haircuts like that. So I've been buying these crackers recently. They come in a little box. Um, there's not heaps of them. It's quite a, it's quite a small box. I'll be honest. They're cool. they're they're not they're quite expensive. Chris keeps coming around to my house and eating my crackers. Yeah. No. No. Not even. Not even with something on them. Like. You know, you come around to my house, I'll be like, oh, let me get out some, you know, if I've got something to offer, I'll offer it, but I want it to be like a decent offering. So, you know, if I've got some cheese to go with the crackers or some, I don't know, some, um, some salami or something, little, little gherkins. You know, cut them up. Let's have a little, have a little platter, some crackers and some 
you know, little little grazing platter. But if I've, to be honest, if I've only got crackers, <clears throat> I probably won't offer them, because it seems a bit seems a bit under. You know, in terms of um, hospitality. But he'll just come around and eat my... He'd, like, he'll go straight in the cupboard. Just, um... And it's hard to begrudge someone a cracker. Because there's not much... Not much to them. But, um... Yeah. Is that, is that weird? I would never go around to someone's house. And just be like... Can I have a cracker? I mean, I might be cheeky and be like, you're going to offer me a biscuit. If I saw some biscuits. But the crackers are in my cupboard. No, I don't, no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't care. I'm not too worried about them. They are nice. But no, I'm not. Is, is it a bit weird? Feels a bit weird. Anyway, he's coming around tomorrow, so I better eat these crackers. So there's none left. Cam bought a parrot. Massive one, like a, tr a full on, full on tropical parrot. Yeah, I just no, no. He doesn't have a cage for it. He lets it. Uh, he doesn't want it to feel um, trapped or kind of traumatized or whatever. You know, he wants it to live free. Um, or I guess as free as a parrot can in the inner city apartment. But um, yeah, so it just he lets it, it's it gets everywhere. It's on the TV. It's on the bench. It's not as loud as I thought it would be. Actually, I thought it would be screeching. You know, kind of all all the time. But, um, no, it's, I'm not going to say subdued, it's not subdued, it's, it's got a real attitude. But, um, yeah, he loves it. And it, it, you know, it does sit on his shoulder, so you get a real, get a real pirate feel, I guess. It's a lot of uh, a lot of work for a you know he's been teaching it words um, every time it leaves every time Cam uh, leaves the room I I just swear at it non-stop just constantly just I'll call I'll call it anything 
boy have I. I've said some just hideous things to that parrot because I want, I don't know, it's childish, but I want it to, I want it to be a parrot that swears all the time. And not, not in a charming way either. You know, in that kind of charming way that Cockney people do swear words like, oh, you're, you're charming. And sometimes when a parrot does swears, you're like, oh, you're, you're rascal. You're just, a, you're just a rascal. But no. I've, I've just been saying the most wildly unpleasant things. So when the parrot says it to him, it's, it's really going to come as a shock, I tell you. I don't get a lot of time with it though, so... It'd be very embarrassing if someone walked in on me, uh, you know, muttering obscenities at a parrot. I don't have anything against it. I think it's quite a beautiful creature. I just want it to be incredibly filthy. That's all. Ding ding. <laughs> Thanks everyone. I've I've been asked to say a few words and uh, before I do so though can I just say that the bridesmaids Karen, Tonya, Gemma, Crystal, Titania, Caramello, you all look uh, wonderful and haven't they done uh, just such a good job of supporting Julie on on this her, her big day so uh, before I go any, any further if you could all just charge your glasses um, and a, a toast a toast to the bridesmaids. What a 
What a swell group of gals. Really, really swell. Now, when Julian and Jeremy told me they were they were going to get married, I was very excited on their behalf. I remember when they first met because I was there and it was on a one lane bridge for those of you who've travelled from overseas for the wedding or those of you watching on Zoom here sometimes on the the roads out in the rural areas the road needs to have a bridge but it's too expensive to make a bridge that has two lanes so there's only one lane and so you can't come from you can't come from both directions at the same time you have to take turns and there will be a sign at one or other end of the bridge to indicate whether you have the right of way or whether you must give way. Yes. Now, and that's where Jeremy and Julie met on a on a one lane bridge because his tractor had broken down on the bridge and no one could get past until it was fixed and I was watching that's how I met him as well a lot of people met Jeremy that day and most of them were angry at him because no one could get past but anyway uh, he's a good bloke and hasn't he scrubbed up well in his suit tonight so um, and I'll just say I hope you're not going to be driving to driving to your honeymoon in that old 
tractor. Yeah. Because it would be dreadful if it broke down. That, that's why I mentioned that. Okay, now. Um, Julie has been a hairdresser for two years now and if you knew Jeremy before he met her you would be thinking it was a different man by his hair you would say that man has He's a, he's a man with a messy head of hair. That's what you would say in the past. But now you say that man's got a nice haircut. And you can see his eyes. And the, the kindness inside them. That, that's right, mate. Now that you've... Got a bit of a trim on the fringe. I I can see. I mean, the eyes are the the windows of the soul, aren't they? That, that's what everyone calls them. And now I see you as you truly are. So here's, here's to your haircut. Big old big jizz. Big jizz of me. Oh, oh, Jezebel. That's what we call them. In, in the trade. In the farm, in the farm trade. That's what we call them. But Playful ribbing down on the farm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, obviously, Julie is a real top lady, and um, I want to thank her for. Allowing me to sleep in her car for two weeks in 2017, I was effectively homeless and she let me sleep in her car. What had happened was I'd been made redundant and been unable to pay my rent. And then I... I got a new job, but it wasn't starting for another couple of weeks. So I... I had to move out. 
and I, anyway, it's not about me, it's, it's about, it's about the, the happy couple, what a, look, look at them, they're just, they're just glowing, just radiant, aren't they? Radiating happiness and love. How was how was your dinner? Mine uh, mine was pretty good. I I had the I had the beef cheeks. Um, they were they were pretty good. I usually usually go for something lighter. I was gonna go for the the fish, but they they smelled pretty appetizing, didn't they? And uh, so I had them, and that uh, that that um mashed potato whip that they had with it that was that was pretty spectacular so here's to the catering staff hospitality workers don't get the recognition that they're due so please uh, charge your glasses and a big, big thank you for the the chef and the chef's assistant and uh, the wait staff and the bar staff, obviously, loving, loving your work. Uh, the bar is still open, so just in your own time. Uh, just f- feel free to run up that tab. <laughs> just joking. Um, and if you're driving, uh, please d- don't get wasted. Um, so I'm obviously uh, here to tell a few f- a few funny stories. About the uh, about the happy couple, and um, so yeah, one time uh, Jeremy and Julie JJ, as I like to as I like to call them, you can if anyone wants to. Uh, have a go of that is quite a good way to refer to them uh, couples couples nickname a little collective noun for the happy couple uh, they were um 
are going down to the swimming pool uh, for a swim, you know, the public swimming swimming pool. It's about $5 or whatever, and if you forget your swimming togs or a towel, you can hire one. always feel a bit strange about hiring a, a pair of swimming togs, a bathing costume for those of you on the Zoom, anyway, and so we all went for a swim because it was so hot, it was such a hot summer that year and we'd all had ice cream the three of us just laughing and sharing an ice cream and then we decided to go for a swim and I thought we would go to the beach and we drink a bottle of wine and frolic in the surf but no we went to the swimming pool and we we, we all splashed about and then and had a nice time and then we saw the diving pool I guess here's where here's here's the funny bit here's the here's the punchline uh, of this of this funny story so J- Jer- Jeremy and Julia both uh both jumped off the the high the high dive board but but I went up there and um, and then I, I couldn't do it and I had to I had to climb I had to climb back down the ladder but as I was climbing back down the ladder it was a bit wet and I, I slipped and fell and I I re- really hurt my leg and I had to go to the hospital and I wasn't there and that night Jeremy proposed to her. <laughs> anyway, that's the um that's the joke. That's the um Yes the that's the cause I I, I fell I fell down. 
Okay. A few more. Couple of couple of pieces of housekeeping. Please don't. Please don't steal the cutlery. The deposit was quite significant on the the hiring fee and if too many if too many pieces of cutlery are stolen it won't get refunded um also if you need to use the restroom please actually use it because there's quite a significant deposit on the hire of the venue and damage to the gardens um, comes out of that deposit just the bride and the groom wanted me to let you know that if you if if you go and if you urinate on a flower bed you're ruining their wedding um okay Uh, next up, the father of the bride, and stick around. Because DJ Scratch and Sniff will be dropping some some tunes we're gonna clear away these tables and we're all we're gonna get down it's gonna be boogie central he'll be playing all all the favorites um Moon Dance and Careless Whisper and the Macarena. So s- stick around for that and put put your dancing shoes on. Okay, so those are all my stories about the bride and the groom and I just want to say uh, Julia I love you I think you've made a terrible mistake so let's uh, let's all ch- charge our glasses and let's let's give a a, a big toast to the bride and groom to Mr. and Mrs. Johnson 
he is to them and to their long and fruitful life together. Alright, everyone gather around. Gather, yeah, squeeze in. Squeeze in. Where is, um... Well, where is he? Well, s- someone go and get him. Honestly, we, we can't... <laughs> we can't do his retirement speeches if he's not here, so... Maybe, uh, well, where is he? Is he? Was he down in the warehouse? What's his last day? Why is he packing boxes? Oh, you're, no, you're right. We did, we did say that that had to, that had to happen. Well, that was someone, someone, Steve, you run, run down and get him. Well, I don't care if you're only 15. Come on. It's his last day. Go get him. I can't believe that. Well, doesn't anyone check their email? There's a... I sent a calendar invite. Everyone should have checked their email. They've got a, they've got a calendar invite. Ten minutes in the break room quick speech quick piece of cake back to it I I don't understand why why so few Sandra you've made it great well don't worry nothing's 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 happened yet because he's not here no in the warehouse. Well, at least someone here is actually working. Alright, so you don't need to say that to him. Here he is. Hey. Hey. Raymond. Ray. Oh, sorry, that's right. You hate calling people Ray. <clears throat> My mistake. Um. Oh, are we all, are we all met? Are we all, are we all here? We're all gathered here today. <laughs> hey, dearly beloveds. Mm. Okay. Right. Um. Seriously though, everyone. Forty years ago, this company was at the very beginning of what it was grown to grow to become. I wasn't even born yet, and yet here I am. In charge of you all. Isn't that 
We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about a man who has dedicated his career and his life to this company who has been down in that warehouse day in, day out since the age of 25 through to today his birthday 65 years old 40 years in the company and I was going to do some math to work out how many boxes you might have packed over that period of time theoretically it's probably possible to work it out but then I I had a bit of a think about it and realized that it might lower morale for those of our employees who have only been here a few years that the ever-continuing road ahead of them that goes right over the horizon with a little respite or detour along the way that the sheer length of the journey ahead compared to the journey travelled might be detrimental to employee retention. What's that? Oh, no one else from the warehouse was invited. In that case, 3.2 million boxes packed, Raymond. 3.2 million boxes packed with our finest decorative soaps. Who knew there was such a demand for impractical soaps? Soaps that are purely aesthetic. We didn't know when we began, but the general public has responded so well. And you, Raymond, as you look back on your career here, doesn't it must it must fill you with warmth knowing that three point two million people have as a result of your toil, the labor of your body, the gift of your time, have received an entirely useless item, packed, of course, to perfection, 
It makes sense, of course, to only have yourself and the extensive management team here jammed into the break room, Raymond, because you, you've been a pleasure to manage. Certainly in my position as, as chief executive, as the leader, as the holder of the, of the company values, and as the, the inspiration, the inspirational uh, figurehead of the organisation, the one that you all look to for guidance, for mentoring, as a model of uh, behaviour and excellence. It's been a pleasure for me to lead you, to provide that service, because leadership is, of course, service, and it's been my, my pleasure to service you. We've only interacted once over a, a mild disciplinary situation after you had that fight. But you were quick to come around to my way of thinking that the workplace is not a place for the solving of issues, be they systemic, professional or personal, is not the place for solving them with, with scuffling, with, with violence, with blows from the fists. No, not here. Here we deal with our issues via email. And I just wish that you'd you'd sent me an email and copied in HR. Because then we could have, of course, gone through the core of, of your issues and your grievances and made sure that they weren't in any way, a liability for the company. That's always the process. We're always happy to work to solve your problems if solving your problem means the company can't be sued. We like to close the loops of conflict and also the loopholes of potential lawsuits. So, Raymond, after that interaction, I was so delighted that you were able to learn from me, a man half your age and on at least six times your salary. When I said to you, no fighting, I feel you really took that on board. And it was my pleasure and privilege 
to have gone through that little coaching session there with you. Uh, Karina here have uh, written me a little list of some of your achievements over the last uh, 40 years there, Raymond. And I'd like to just go through some of those, perhaps just the highlights. I don't think I'm, I don't think we have time for the the full list of four. That's one every uh, one every ten years. It's a um, extraordinary record of surface there, Raymond. Perhaps we will do them all. First, uh, great achievement, of course, coming to the the end of your retirement with all uh, all ten fingers still intact. Uh, just an extraordinary achievement there Raymond obviously the conveyor belts are uh, oh they're grabby mm. they they love to um, they love to s just snatch at your fingers uh, and somehow you've you've managed to avoid that as as your colleagues around you have been Losing, losing digits, left, right, and center. You've stayed the course, and just uh, obviously by clearly observing the written safety protocols and procedures. We do, of course, put those guidelines in place uh, for a reason, and any accidents within the workplace have always been found to have been the result of employees operating outside of the safety protocols that have been put in place by the Health and Safety Committee. Just a general reminder all round. Did you hear about Caroline? I heard that she was driving her car down the road and her dress was stuck in the um, in the car door it was hanging out was hanging out the door while she was driving down the road and it was raining it was raining quite heavily and she drove, she drove through a puddle, uh, I guess a muddy puddle and she, she got to work and she got out and she didn't realise that this big chunk of her dress was was just sodden and just absolutely muddy and soaked and ruined and and she had to go into work and have that all day long 
and you know what her job is. That's right, she's a pilot. And so it was very uncomfortable. Because it was her uniform dress that they wear, the lady pilots. And very embarrassing because then she arrived in Dubai and she still had a muddy dress. Oh, there were some, there were some looks at customs, I'll bet. Did you hear about you might not have you might not have heard this but uh, did you hear about Carol didn't I just call that first lady Carol let's do another one I don't know if you've I don't know if you've heard this one, but did you know that Sharon has no little toe? Did you know that? She doesn't have a little toe on her left foot. There's no little toe there. I saw one time when she was wearing flip-flops. No little toe. And I don't want to bring it up. In case it was traumatic or whatever. But I was very puzzled and very curious I kept trying to steal little glimpses of it so I could see if maybe there were clues nearby you know clues as to what might have happened if there's kind of I don't know, bite marks or something, like where an, like where maybe an, an eel or some such just got a hold of it. Kevin did you hear what he did down at the river the day of the river so he was down there and he's got this boat right he's just bought this boat it's not a it's not a, not a big boat but you know it's a, a boat it's got a 
Like it's got a motor. It's got a little canopy. Oh, she's pregnant again. By the way. Now who do you think I mean? Of course I mean Roberta. She loves to get pregnant. Like, how long have you known her? Have you ever known her not to be either immediately either giving birth to a baby, having just given birth to a baby, or being pregnant? It's neat. And no regrets. Extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. did with her hair. Do you like it? I quite like it. I mean, I can see how it's not for everyone. And I can see why Seth hates it. But, um, I don't know. It's her hair, I guess. He's just got to, I mean, he has to live with it, right? <laughs> I guess it's probably not that, uh, not that great for him when you know, bring your partner along to the uh, stockholders meeting at the bank or whatever. But, um, yeah, who cares? I think it looks good. I think it looks good and it, at least you can say it's not boring. You, whether you, whether you like it or not. Because you can like it and not want it you know what I mean you can be like I like that I wouldn't it, it's not for me I think it suits her face you know and kind of a, a little style that she's Episodes of Sleepy Time Mongols turned into one giant octopus. Sleepy Time Mongols is produced by Noost Octopus and invented and spoken by me, Dan Bain. If you'd like, there are links you can click. They get you more access to stuff I make. Until next time. Good night.
sleep time.